Well, this morning we're looking at to be more than victorious. Be more than victorious. Now, um, it's interesting that when I wrote this, um, I had it all together. I sent Terry the scriptures to put on the, uh, you know, to have for us on the wall and put them on there for, for us to read. Well, uh, this morning I got up about 3.30 <laughs> and I wrote a whole new sermon on the same scriptures. <laughs> so now I have two. <laughs> two sermons for these same scriptures. I didn't change the scriptures though, Terry. So, <laughs> so um, but it was, you know, it's interesting. I had an eye, you know, I had different ideas and um, it's, I don't know, it's um, kind of ironic or I, the way I do it. Some, some pastors, you know, they write Thursdays. You know, t- Thursday is their sermon day. You don't bother them. You don't touch them. You don't talk to them. You don't get through to them. They have, it's all the whole day set off. Well, um, I guess I try to get ideas and so on and put them together. And then I have, well, this is what I'm going to do on, on, when I get to Saturday. You know, because it used to be, uh, working in the hospital and so on. Saturday was my free day to just chill out in the office and stay there until it was done or start to work and do it during the week and then put it together on Saturday. Well, the scriptures that I um, came together with here and I was writing about, um, well, we'll just focus on what we have here instead of getting you confused with two sermons, you know. I take, uh, if I have two sermons, it takes twice as long, so we'll just do one. So, um, the scripture for that I start with, I have a number of texts, but Proverbs 12, 14, it says, From the fruit of their lips people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them a reward. Now, we are speaking about the properties of our words, that our words are very important. Now, I'll probably be doing this for a, a while now, um, but I never commit myself to the next six months on a series or the next six weeks. But I want to look at how that, what we say and how the properties of our words have, have a dramatic impact upon what we think and where we're going with our life. Now, I was thinking of seeds, okay? It's springtime, seeds. And um, uh, in particular, there's, I watched some of these farmers at... Uh, the, the one guy, I think he farms probably 10, 15,000 acres. And uh, he starts, and, and but I won't, you know, he has lots of equipment and so on. But a while back, he, was, he has uh, seed, his soybeans. Now, soybeans are these little beans. They're not like, um, I sh- didn't even think of going that direction, but they're, they're seeds. They're like, um, cr- what are those things you put in so- salads or put on salads, little round things? Gray, brown, what? Crout, not croutons, the, the chickpeas. Yeah, they're like chickpeas, right, Cliff? Soybeans are like chickpeas? Sort of, yeah, sort of. They're sort of kind of like that. They're round. But anyhow, <laughs> um, what they do is he was taking a sample. Now, here you got this individual who has thousands of acres and, you know, thousands of bushels of, of soybean, and they will set aside a certain amount to be seed for the next year. And in Canada, you can do this. So anyhow, he has this. And so out of these thousands of seeds, he will take random samples and put it in a, you know, a bucket or so on. And then he will take that bucket of soybeans and he will take it to a lab. And the lab then will um, 
take a, a sample of the bucket and run it through a, a couple of machines. No, they're not really spinning. They're just kind of like they put it in there and it completely mixes all of, all of the seeds so it's more, even more of a random sample. And they weigh that. And then they run it through screens to get rid of all of the broken seeds or the, the debris and too big or too small. Uh, gets rid of all that. They weigh that so that they have a, a weight that they start with. You know, they don't take the whole bucket. They take a, a pail or so of it. And then they weigh that. Then they weigh the discards. And then um, they take it and they'll dump some out on the table and they'll take 10 seeds, <laughs> okay, 10 to 15 seeds out of that thing. So here you've got a whole bin of 20,000 bushel and it's brought down to 10 seeds. <laughs> wow, okay. So he will take those 10 soybeans and they will lay them out on like a paper towel and they will, they will place them around, them around the paper towel and then they will cover it up and they will put a, a liquid on it and I don't know, know if it's water or something but then they take this and then they set it inside of a, a, a controlled environment and they will let it there for I think five days, ten days or whatever and it will start to sprout. So when they're done with that, they open up the thing, they have dates on all of their samples, they pull it out, and they open it up. And it's surprising that all of those little chickpeas <laughs> that went in there looked the same, but all of them did not sprout the same. There were some, it was interesting, the terminology, this is a bruised seed, because it only has one sprout. It won't grow. It has no roots. <laughs> And, and they went through, and they were, you know, looking at Now, some of them were perfect. They had a sprout that would, would have been the shoot that goes up out of the ground, and then it has the roots that were into the root system that would go into the ground. And it was very interesting. And so from, from that sample of 10, they could predict what the amount of ch the chickpeas would be grown in, a, in an acre and in 1,000 acres and in 10,000 acres. They could predict what they were going to grow. Wow. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but as we go on from there, it's amazing to, to see how each seed looked. It looked the same, but the seed didn't produce the same plant. And so if you take that whole seed and you put it into fields and thousands of acres, they can tell you what's going, what's going to come as a harvest. Now, the scripture says that we, we, re that we read, the fruit of their lips are filled with good things, and the work of their hands bring them reward. So what is the fruit of our lips? Because our lips are bringing forth a fruit. Mm. So we are going to be producing something with what we say. 1 Corinthians 10, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15 says, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. So Paul is telling the church at Corinth, what I am, I am by the grace of God. So the title of the message is Being More Than Victorious. And so if you look at Paul, Paul started out as Saul of Tarsus. And, you know, 
He was against the church. He was against Christ. He was against all of that, this newfangled <laughs> religion that was ruining their, their, um, their communities. And so he's going to put a stop to it. Well, God stops him on the road to Damascus, and he falls to the ground, and Jesus reveals himself to him, and Paul changes. And you see, the change that came to Paul came by the grace of God. So whenever we're looking at our life and the fruit of our lips, what we say is <laughs> tinged, hinted, um, by the grace of God. So whenever we are talking about um, what God is doing in us and for us, we're also saying that this is the grace of God at work in my life. Now, coming with Easter and so on, we're going to, you know, hopefully invite people to church and, you know, that we are able to uh, bring them to church. And I know people will say that, well, by the grace of God, or excuse me, they won't say by the grace of God, the church is full of hypocrites. And, uh, you know, the answer is you don't have to worry about that. You're a sinner and you're still a sinner and you're a hypocrite anyhow because you're just acting like a sinner and you don't want to go to church. So don't blame it on us. Blame it on, you know, reflect, never mind. All right, so. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> that, you know, that they're, never mind. So, the, God, God has screened out all the bad seed. God has taken away all the things that are the seed that is bruised. By the grace of God, he's planted in us the seed that is capable of growing. And we are the ones who, by our own speech, are producing fruit for this, for this seed. Now, so the challenge, I was thinking for myself and so on, the, what, what am I saying and what am I doing? How much of that is reflecting the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, not only that is in my life, but is available for the lives of other people? So we are challenging people to allow the grace of God to be at work in their life. And so, you know, we were talking on Wednesday night, we mentioned that uh, I heard on the news that there's a you know, third wave of the coronavirus going through Europe, and the um, commentators were talking about how that it was going to be, it could be very destructive for, for the whole continent of Europe. Well, if we go back to our study on the book of Revelation, we know that the Antichrist and so on comes basically out of Europe and will unite the European common market and be this one who pulls the nation back together, pulls the whole continent back together, and it's like, whoa. You know, our previous understanding of all this from years ago was, well, there was going to be an upheaval of war or something that would, that would allow this to collapse in Europe, and then somebody would come up and rise up but never thought of a coronavirus doing this. And, but the challenge is, how much time do we have left? Uh, this may be it, and we may still be here 20 years from now, but it may ha we may not be here next week in the sense that Christ could return. So how much time do we have left, and what should the fruit of our lips and the grace that God is in our lives, what should that be saying and producing? And how should it be planted in, a, in, in other people's lives? And so how can we take healthy seed from what we say, and let that seed be planted in someone else. You know, the, was Shakespeare to be or not to be? That is the question. 
Or how about Yoda? Do or not do? No try. <laughs> or when Paul says, I am what I am. But you see, whatever way we say it, it comes down to doing, planting the seed. So what are we capable of doing? Well, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So there is no lack of strength. There is no lack of ability. Now, God did not, as I mentioned before, God didn't call me to be a brain surgeon. You know, I don't, that's not within my scope of talent. But, we see, he called us to do the things that he knows we were created for. And we are created for a special task for who we are and the abilities we have. And those abilities need to be developed and screened and added to and, and blessed and, and, go on and build upon. So I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Christ has spoken his seed, the word, into our lives, and we are capable of growing and producing a crop. So what are we saying? What are we saying talks about our capabilities. So what is our capacity? Well, here's a question for you. Does the seed or the soil determine my capacity? Does the seed or the soil determine the capacity, the growth, the amount that will be produced from one seed? The answer is both. <laughs> that they both are very important. If you have great seed and you put it in wrong soil, it won't grow. And if you have great seed and you put it in hard, rocky soil, it's not going to grow. So you need both. And the scripture is Luke 6.38. Given it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meter without or give it out is the same measure that is going to come back. Did you know that in planting a field, the science of planting has advanced to the point that when the computers are going through the harvest, they can, they can harvest it by the foot. <laughs> they can align what, you, what crops and how much of a crop goes through the machine at every foot through a field of thousands of acres. And then you go through and you have soil testing. And you go through and you sample the soils. So they have soil testing through thousands of acres. They have crop information, the harvesting go for thousands of acres. And they put the, the amount of crop and they put the soil samples together and they find out exactly how much can be produced on that soil. And then, <laughs> what's even, you know, in my, in my time frame, we went from a two to a four-row plant, uh, planter, and you just went through the field, and you think cranked out every six or four inches, you know, somewhere, and there was a, a plant stuck in the ground. Well, now the computers are such that they are documenting. You can set, if you have good soil, in every foot, you can put maybe four seeds. We'll just use four. In good soil, maybe five. But in poor soil, the computer will only put maybe three. <laughs> so, and the, and the computer can put that up, and it can make adjustments as it goes through the field. So that you, they can predict 
what the crop is going to be in a normal environment based upon what type of soil and how many seeds are planted based upon the soil you have in your field. Well, giving is a way of being aware of our capacity. <laughs> given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together. Giving is a way of recognizing the capacity that we live under, that we live with. And so whenever we give, we are sharing our capacity. We are sharing, now you see, if you look at a field, good, a good field can produce, say an acre of a very good field can outproduce five acres of poor soil. So that, it's, it's interesting that Around, you know, in the, in the plains, they can grow a couple hundred bushels of, of wheat per acre, and you go to North Dakota or whatever, they can only, they, they're lucky if they hit 100. So it isn't, it's the soil, and it's the weather, and it's the samples, and we look at our life. God is saying, I'm giving you perfect seed, the word of God. And the words are spoken are speaking about the word that is already planted and how it's going to grow and how it's going to grow in, in the soil that is that it is sown in is our words <laughs> our words depict what kind of soil that we have in our life so that they do soil samples take soil out of the earth and they send it to lab, and they can break up all the nutrients that are in that ground. We are, the sampling of our soil is in our words. And so we are telling ourselves what is good soil, that I am good soil, that I am well able to do. You know, God is well able to do exceedingly abundantly all, above all that we ask or think, and so he's able to do all of this, and so we are allowing that to take place just by talking about it. Matthew 28, 18. If we're going to be more than victorious, we must know the power, the strength of the assets that we possess. What are the assets that we have? And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Wow. Jesus answered in John 19, 11, The only power you have over me, and this is whenever he's speaking to Pilate, is the power given to you by God. Well, whenever we look at this, that all power is given unto me, what does power look like? Jesus says, all power is given unto me, and Jesus also, such as, you know, Peter says, such as I have, give I unto you. And we talked about how that Jesus is saying that uh, I am in the Father, the Father is in me, and Christ is in us. All power is in Christ, and that same is, as it were, in us. So what does power look like? Sometimes we look at, you know, I look at the power of God working in our lives and what we think, well, Jesus raised the dead. <laughs> he healed uh, the sick. He opened blinded eyes. He preached the gospel to the poor, set people free from their sins and from the evil that was upon them. And we sometimes look at that and say, wow, that's it. <laughs> well, I have a question. I put it in a, in a bag. How much power is in dirt? <laughs> Some people say they're dirt poor. How many ladies told your kids to keep the dirt out of the house? 
Clean your shoes off. Keep the dirt out of the house. Well, how powerful is I'm not going <laughs> to, where's Glenda? I'm not going to spill it on the floor, Glenda. You know, I thought I would throw it out, you know. <laughs> what is the power of dirt? Well, if you, if we look outside, the power of dirt, everything that grows, grows in it or out of it. This <laughs> has the power to produce billions of bushels of grain. This has the power to produce trees and grass <laughs> that needs mowed every week. <laughs> but you see, what is the power of a handful of dirt? Well, what is the power of the word of God in the soil of our life? So we take samples <laughs> of the soil. And how do we take a sample of the soil? Listen to yourself speak. What are you expecting? And all power is given unto us in the name of Jesus Christ. So you see, when we walk on this dirt, <laughs> when we walk on our life and consider it of no value, it's like walking on dirt and saying that dirt has no value. But you understand that if we are ever going to grow anything or build anything, we've got to find good soil, solid ground, so the solid ground of the word is part of, is part of who we are. Jesus said, all power is given unto me, so this power looks like the scripture that we put in our hearts and minds. See, the dirt, the soil, it produces so much. We'll be planting crops, and we'll be planting gardens, we'll be planting thing and we'll be expecting a harvest so the dirt has the ability to do something <laughs> so i am we are fertile soil we are fertile soil for the word of god to be planted in our hearts we are more than victorious ephesians 3:16 that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So here is God saying, here is the fertilizer for this soil. Here is the nutrients for this soil to have a, have a start. Proverbs says, the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. So the way of the Lord is strength to the upright. It's the strength of our soul comes from God. So how much strength does a tree have? Depends on its roots. <laughs> so you see, <laughs> our soil depends what grows. What grows in our life is based upon the soil of our nature, the soil of our spirit, the soil that is rich by the nurturing of the word and by prayer and by allowing God to influence our thoughts and influence our, our words. <laughs> Remember that the word of God will go forth and accomplish what it is intended to. So what is God intending to grow? So, you heard the expression, stronger than dirt? Anybody remember that, where that came from? It's laundry detergent. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, Ajax or something, one of the laundry detergents. Stronger than dirt. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, what did that mean? It can get dirt out of, the, out of your clothes. Well, 
stronger than dirt. You, you look at some of the earth-moving machines, <laughs> huge machines to try and move dirt. <laughs> you see, the strength of our planet that we live in, our soil is fertile ground for the word of God. The Holy Spirit merges, integrates, transforms our spirit by the word. The wisdom. James 1.5 Do any of you lack or need wisdom? Ask of God. He is generous and enjoys giving it to everyone. So he will give you wisdom. Proverbs says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. You see, how does dirt work? <laughs> how does seed work in the dirt? Well, you see, soil provides an environment where the seed will die. That doesn't sound too good. <laughs> but the seed has to die in order to grow. So the soil provides an environment for the seed to grow. And, and we find that as it grows, it's really interesting. If you put the, the seed that is putting its sprouts out, the one sprout is going upward to the, sur to the surface, and the other is going down into the soil. And the one that's going into the soil has all these little tiny hairs on. We call them hairs, but that's not what they're technically called. But it has all these little tiny follicles on that spread out, and all those little tiny follicles take nutrients from the soil. So the dirt provides an environment for the seed to die and become the plant that it was intended to be. <laughs> it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. So I am the soil that allows the word of God to come into, and as I die to myself, I find it sprouting, this word of God sprouting to produce something greater than I could ever do on myself. Malachi 3.18. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth not. Then Hebrews 4, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. There is an ability of the word to discern what is good and not good. <laughs> there are certain things we can do to this soil to ruin it, that nothing would ever grow. The ability to discern is the ability to know what is good for your soul, what is good for your life. And so the richness of the soil is already there. We have to, we have, to have the ability or need to acquire the ability from the Holy Spirit that we will be able to discern, don't put that in your life, it'll ruin the soil. So being able to discern what is good and right. <laughs> the property of our words. Allowing the seed to be planted. There's dirt on my paper. Is that good or bad? <laughs> okay, Glenn, now you get the sweeper. Oh my gosh, I did dump it all over the floor. Did you know that some plants are used, to, uh, are used to be cover crops? Do you know what a cover crop is? A cover crop would be something you would plant in the fall 
and it would grow all winter. And, and it, well, it wouldn't grow in the winter, but it grows and sprouts. And it holds the soil in place so that it's not blown away with the wind and it's not washed away by the rain or the snow. And then in the spring, it's turned over or put back into the ground to nourish the ground. So there is, sometimes we look at life and we have changes. <laughs> we don't like changes. And I found, I found a, an interesting thing. They call it looping. Looping. Looping is doing the same thing every day, the same way, with the same emotions and the same outcome, and people find themselves being discouraged or hurt or falling into patterns of depression and falling into things never working out for them, and they always have the same thing going on in their life, and they call it looping. What a, what a wonderful name. <laughs> but you see, when the Word of God comes into our life, and God is changing and, as it were, flipping or turning over things, and we're moving, moving and growing on, where actually the soil is being turned, it is allowing us to grow on in our relationship with God. This crop rotation, <laughs> we don't grow the same thing the same way every year because it depletes the soil. Wisdom is knowing what is good for your life. What is the correct application of the word? And whenever we allow ourselves to sense and know what is good, the soil, the seed grows. And <laughs> when Jesus talks about throwing the seed and some falls on thorny ground, some falls on the, the hard walkway, and some falls on good soil, we find that in our lives that the soil that God has prepared is for the seed to grow. And... Paul says, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders. When things crowd into your life, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Realize that they come to test your faith and to produce in you the quality of endurance. Let the process go on until the endurance is fully developed. And you will find that you have become men of mature, or women, of mature character with the right sort of independence. And if in the process any of you does not know how to meet any particular problem, he has only to ask God, who gives generously to all men without making them feel foolish or guilty. And he may be sure, quite sure, that the necessary wisdom will be given him. Sometimes we don't know how to farm. <laughs> we don't know how to plant. We don't know what, but you see, each of us have the right spirit. Where we hear the word of God, and it's planted in our soul. But he must ask in sincere faith. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask in sincere faith without secrets, doubts, without secret doubts as to whether he really wants God to help. The man who trusts God, but with inward reservations, is like a wave of the sea carried forward by the wind, one moment and driven back by the next. That sort of man cannot hope to receive anything from God. And the life of a man of divided loyalty 
will reveal instability in every turn. <laughs> Do you know one of the things of farming? You get up every day, and especially if you have dairy cows. I watch these, these farms, these videos, some of these farm videos, and I, I, I envy the grain farmers, you know, because they just tinker with toys <laughs> in the winter. And now they wouldn't think that, but I mean, they're very expensive toys, you know, $800,000 million toys uh, that they have to plant and they have to build, a, make a harvest, get the seed in the ground. And Well, God has given us eternal life. And that if we gain the whole world and lose our soul, wow. So our soul is more important than anything we could ever purchase or own. And God says to us, your soil is so special to me. I died for that soil, for you, for your spiritual growth and development. And I now implant my word into your hearts and minds so that it may grow and you will produce the fruit from your lips and what you say. And it will grow in you and become a harvest that will make a difference in eternity. Not only in your life, but in the lives of your friends and family and community. Amen? Father, we thank you for your word. That we can be more than victorious. That our soil can be rich. And that, Lord, we can do things to enrich our soil and grow a healthy crop. And, Lord, that healthy crop is the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart. And that, God, that we plant it also in the lives of others, that they may see the soil, and they may see the fruit. God, they may want that fruit in their lives. So we pray for them. We ask you, Lord, to be with us now. Help us to see how to tend our soil and plant the right seed of your word. Because, Lord, with you, nothing is impossible. And we are right where we need to be for the harvest, for the planting and the harvest to take place. Make these things real to us, we pray, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank <laughs> you.